Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we um, continue to pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering persecution of one degree or another. Lord, we ask that um, you would help me uh, as I proclaim your word to uh, proclaim it boldly, and uh, I pray that you would give us all um, ears to hear and, and hearts to believe. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, as is clear, uh, today is the, the International Day of um, Prayer for the Persecuted Church. Uh, so many Christians are suffering around the world. Uh, it's a good thing that um, the church uh, sets aside a day to remind us to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are being harassed, who are being oppressed and mistreated because of their faith in Jesus Christ. It bears asking the question, why does the world so hate Christians? Throughout history, Christians have been the greatest source of good in whatever society in which they have existed. But at the same time, every society has persecuted Christians to some degree or another. And in many cases, the persecution has been quite severe. So I ask this question that will occupy our time in the scriptures this morning. Why does the world so hate Christians? And our Lord Jesus answers this question for us in John chapter 15, verses 18 through 27, our text this morning. He gives five reasons why the world hates Christians. Just to put it into the context, um, on the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, uh, and then the next day he was crucified, he spent what amounts to, in the Gospel of John, three chapters teaching his disciples about their future ministry uh, after he was to be ascended back into heaven. So the first thing he told them in John chapter 14, verse 1, is, let not your hearts be troubled. Our Lord Jesus knew that there was going to be a lot of trouble facing his disciples. So he wanted to tell them ahead of time that they would not be surprised when it came. The first reason that Jesus gave for why the world hates Christians is found in verse 18 and then also in verse 20. So Jesus says in verse 18, If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. And then verse 20, Remember the word that I said to you, A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. The world hates Christians because it, the world hated Jesus first. Uh, and that leads us to ask, why does the world hate Jesus? Well, Jesus told us exactly why the world hates him. John chapter 7, verse, verse 7, The world hates me, Jesus said, because I testify that its works are evil. You know, Jesus was not hated because of his miracles of healing. 
Jesus was not hated for feeding the 5,000. Jesus was not hated for his love for sinners. It was something deeper that was driving this hatred toward Jesus. Jesus exposed the underlying unrighteousness that existed beneath the veneer of the religious life of the Jews of his day. Isn't it true that many people are perfectly happy to follow Jesus as long as he doesn't call them to account for their sin or require them to repent of their sins or to oblige them to submit to his lordship or um, judge them on the day of judgment? Many people uh, would read... They, they re- redefine Jesus to be something other than who he is. Uh, they invent, invent a false god named Jesus that will let them live, live their lives any way they wish while promising to take them to heaven when they die. Uh, the pastor who discipled me said, you can believe in the, the Jesus of the Bible or the Jesus who plays third base for the Houston Astros, and I think the guy was named Jesus. Um, Many people have invented a Jesus that will let them have sexual relations outside the marriage relationship or allow them to marry non-Christians or will allow them to harbor a grudge rather than loving or forgiving. We could go on and on. The world does not like it when Jesus and his ethical standards impinge on their worldliness. And as Christ followers, when we live by his ethical standards, it makes other people feel uncomfortable. You know how you feel when you're around someone who has a more rigorous uh, ethical code than you do or a a stricter way of living than you typically live. It can make you feel awkward. It can make you feel uneasy. What if I don't measure up in their eyes? What if I do something that offends them? Just by your faith in Jesus Christ, people are going to be made to feel uncomfortable. You know, how many times have I been out uh, among a a group of unbelievers? I'm sure you've had this same experience. And uh, people are continually uh, say, sorry for my language, because they know I'm a Christian. They know I'm a pastor. You know, their conscience is condemning them, and it feels unpleasant to them. So next time you might not be invited to that gathering. You might be excluded, or they may lash out at you in defensiveness. On an encouraging note, we should not think that the world's hatred is aimed at us personally on the basis of who we are, Uh, unless, of course, you're a jerk or a fool. Um, Rather, their hatred is simply an extension of their hatred for the Lord Jesus Christ. The second reason Jesus gave for why the world hates Christians is found in verse 19. 
Verse 19, if you, were not, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. The world hates Christians because it hated Jesus, and Jesus called us out of the world. Uh, essentially, Jesus is saying that the church and the world are mutually exclusive. Jesus chose us, chose us out of the world, therefore we no longer belong to the world. We are pilgrims and strangers, Peter says. Although we live in the world, we simply are not of it. Our home is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So instead of going with the flow of the culture... We must swim upstream against the current. As a Christian, you simply cannot go with the, the world's flow. Listen to how clearly the scriptures speak to this issue. James chapter 4, verse 4. James says, Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or 1 John 2, 15 through 17, the Apostle John says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. There is no neutral ground between the world and submission to and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot have one foot in the world and one foot in Christ. You must choose where your loyalties, where your affections and desires lie. There is no fence sitting. And this is an urgent matter. There is a heaven and there is a hell. Whoever wishes to be a friend of the world, James says, makes himself an enemy of God. The word church comes from the Greek um, compound word ekklesia. So ek means from, uh, kaleo means call. We are the called out ones. We're called out from the world to belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. We no longer belong to the world because we belong to Jesus Christ. And for this, we earn the world's hatred. The third reason Jesus gave for why the world hates Christians is found in verse 21 and verse 23. Verse 21, but all these things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. Then verse 23, whoever hates me hates my father also. So this third reason why the world hates Christians is because the world does not know God. Rejecting Jesus is a rejection of God. And we need to make this clear to our relatives, to our friends, to our co-workers, our neighbors. All the, public, 
All the public opinion uh, surveys tell us that most people believe in God, but the Scripture says if they do not love, trust, and submit to the Lord Jesus Christ, they do not know God. Verse 23 says, Jesus says in verse 23, that they hate God if they do not love the Lord Jesus. Is there anyone here this morning that's in that position? Are you banking on your belief in God to buy you some brownie points with God on the day of judgment? You believe in God? Well, that's a good thing. But James tells us even the demons believe in God and shudder. You believe in in God? Well, now you're qualified to be a demon. Listen to the Lord Jesus again in verse 23. Whoever hates me hates my Father also. Do you love the Lord Jesus? Do you trust in him? He's such a good Savior. He came here into our world to lay down his life, to become sin for sinners. Why would you not trust him? Trust in him today. The alternative is judgment. The fourth reason Jesus gave us for why the world hates Christians is found in verse 22. Jesus says, If I had not come and and spoken to them, they would have not been guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. The world hates Christians because Jesus exposes their sin. And as our lives increasingly conform to the Lord Jesus Christ, Our lifestyles and our worldview exposes the unrighteousness of the world. The world loves to talk about diversity and intoleration, but we're finding that in reality, the world demands conformity. For all the talk about inclusiveness, it excludes and attacks those who won't conform. It will not tolerate anyone to have a different worldview than its own. I could give many examples of how the world tries to shut down opposing points of view. But I'm only going to mention one, political correctness. It's nothing more than a soft totalitarianism cloaked in the disguise um, of sensitivity and concern for others. But if you speak against the immoral or unethical practices of some group or some actions of those who are the politically correct ones, there is no sensitivity or concern shown to you. The world will try to destroy you. As followers of Jesus Christ, however, we cannot remain silent. We've got to speak out. We slight the glory and the lordship of Jesus Christ if we keep our mouths closed because we are his representatives. We are his disciples, his followers. We are allowing our culture and our nation to fall into greater judgment if we allow ourselves to be cowed into silence. Sadly, many Christians and a surprising number of churches not only keep quiet on moral issues that are in opposition to Christ, They also adopt the world's positions in order to try and attract people from the world to become Christians. 
And I would say this is a grave sin. I would say this is one of the capital sins of our generation. The fifth and last reason Jesus gave for, the, for why the world hates Christians is found in verse 25. But the word that is written in their law, Jesus says, must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. The world hates Christians because, well, there's no really good reason why the world should hate Christians. There's no really good reason why the world should hate Jesus Christ. There's nothing that the world can point to in order to justify their hatred for Jesus. His ethical standards are for our good. Living with God's law as our moral compass leads to blessing. His love for sinners is greater than any love that has ever been displayed in the universe. His lordship requires us to wear a yoke. How did Jesus put it in Matthew 11? A yoke that is easy. His yoke only becomes difficult when we try and pull against it. But the world hates Jesus anyway. And so the same goes for us. Even if we were able to live lives of perfect love for our neighbors and our enemies, we'd still be hated. That's why it's a foolish uh, outreach strategy to try and conform to the world in order to attract Christians. As I conclude, I want to ask this question. Why does God allow us to suffer? Why is God allowing Christians all over the world to suffer much greater than we are here in this nation? I mean, our suffering is, is hardly worth mentioning compared to what is, is happening overseas. We, we live blessed and, and uh, prosperous lives. We live easy lives. But there are those around the world that are, speak, that are suffering unspeakable um, persecution? Well, so that's a big question. I'm only going to give one answer. And it's the answer that Jesus gives in verses 26 and 27. He said, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. We're to be Christ's witnesses. That's the only reason why God has left the church uh, in the world. Uh, God is gathering his elect through, through the proclamation of Jesus Christ. And we must bear the world's scorn while we seek to love them and proclaim that good news to them that good news of salvation, that good news of Jesus Christ. Ultimately, that's why our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world are suffering. They love Jesus enough to suffer for him while they bear witness to his grace and glory. And we must love him enough to suffer for him as well. Good news is, Jesus doesn't send us out alone. Look at verse 26. But when he, the helper, comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. The Holy Spirit is with us while we go. The world cannot do anything to us that the Holy Spirit does not allow. He will go with you 
even as you were suffering for the Lord Jesus Christ, even as you were witnessing, bearing witness to His Lordship. In fact, He will make you into a powerhouse for Christ if you will trust Him to do it as we pray together. Lord Jesus, we do ask that you would help us to bear witness to your glory, your majesty, your divine um, existence. Oh Lord, we ask that you would help us to be willing to suffer for your name. But oh Lord, we look outside ourselves and we pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are indeed suffering tremendously for their testimony and faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, be with them today. Um, Uplift them and strengthen them. Help them to persevere. And Lord, we ask that you would bring their suffering to an abrupt and quick end, we ask. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.